Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Killer Crossover Podcast. It's your boy, Eman. It's your boy, Mo. And today we are joined by, once again, a friend of the show, Mr. All-22 himself and co-host of the Covered Zero Podcast, Mr. Jordan Robinson. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Always fun to talk ball with you guys. Uh, glad here and get... I'm. I'm, I'm I am a person who, and I've said this on my show a lot on the Cover Zero podcast, the, the, the divisional round is my favorite weekend of football of the whole year. It's definitely the most intense weekend of football, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing in yours too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like the, the conference championships, they're cool. The Super Bowl, there's, you know, it's history's legacy and all that. But we, we get like, you know, two games and then two games, back-to-back days. Yeah, I love it, you know. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Let's go. All right, uh, where do you guys want to start? You guys want to start first game? Let's start first with game. the first game. We got first Cincinnati Saturday. At- at the Titans. Yes, sir. Early afternoon game. Let's jump right in it, gentlemen. Whoever wants to take it first, what are your thoughts on this first game? I think it really starts, honestly. A lot of these games, they kind of have, like, of course, their own storylines, but there's, like, some injuries to kind of go over that could paint each game the way they're going to go. Particularly with this one, of course, there is Trey Hendrickson, who in the game against our Raiders, Mo, he ended up going out with a concussion. And we all saw his impact throughout the course of this year. We've seen his impact even when he was with the Saints. That's what got him the bag when he got to Cincinnati. And he ended up still having a very, very good season after getting paid. Made a big difference in that playoff game before he went out. So him on the edge, if he can play, that's pivotal. But we all know the King on the other side, on that other team. He is looking like he's going to play on Saturday. And that's just very, very big. And it just really, with that one, the question is, what type of Derrick Henry are we getting? And not only what type of Derrick Henry are we getting, it's 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 deeper than that with him because of how much of a focal point he's always been with that team. What type of Derrick Henry are we getting? Can he run through people? Can he rip off super long runs? Does the coaching staff and the game plan still give him enough opportunities to do that? And what type of gravity is he going to have as a ball carrier? And with gravity, you, I mean, you guys know the way linebackers just have to fly up to him, the way safeties have to just fly up to him. Is he going? Are all those things still going to be the same, or is it going to be different? And that's really kind of what I'm I'm looking at, which is with with those two guys and just kind of how they are looking at to go into this game. I completely agree. Um, I think Derrick Henry, and you you mentioned it. I, that was the point that I was going to make with Derrick Henry was the gravity that he's going to bring, or what gravity is he going to bring? And, you know, where's where's the defense's focal point going to be? Are they still going to focus on shutting him down, which is basically the focal point of defense with a fully healthy Derrick Henry, uh, you know, during the regular season? And is that and or how much of the passing game is that going to open up? Yeah, great points. I'm I'm looking at. I'm looking at a couple of different things in this matchup, gentlemen. First and foremost, I'm looking at the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. I'm interested, I'm interested to see, you know, what type of Tannehill we're going to get. Are we going to get aggressive Tannehill? 
Are we going to get, you know, the Tannehill that we've known in the past, kind of gun shy, kind of get deer in the headlights type of deal? And uh, the receivers, Julio uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, they're going to have to have big games too. Uh, for Ryan Tannehill's sake, he's going to have to make sure that he's converting on third downs, stretching those, stretching that ball downfield, uh, keeping bur- keeping that uh, high octane uh, Cincinnati Bengals offense on the on the sidelines as uh, as much as possible, uh, and just making the defense work. Uh, Tannehill's just going to have to make some plays with with his arm. Um, you know they got they got home foot advantage. They got the crowd behind them. You know King Henry is actually is obviously a a huge addition when you're getting your best player, your face of your franchise back. But what the, you guys already posed the question: What type of King Henry are we going to see? Are we going to see the dominant King Henry that's stiff arming the shit out of people? Or are we going to get a little rust? So that, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be the that's going to be the key to the game. Yeah. I I want to see that too because it's it's really gonna be it's, it's, it could change any time with him you never know. I also want to see how uh, Jamar Chase is gonna look in this in this game. I mean, man, last game he <laughs> last game last game he did some damage against uh, your Raiders, but man, <laughs> in this game, he's good. Yeah. He's really good. <laughs> Best rookie I've seen in a long time. It's him and like basically like kind of how Justin Jefferson looked last year too. And ironically enough, both of them coming straight out of LSU at back-to-back times. And to keep it on the LSU track, a lot of times Jamar is going to find himself matched up against Christian Fulton, the second-year rookie out of LSU as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's advantage Bengals whenever that happens. No matter what corner it really goes down to, they have the advantage if you can get them in one-on-ones on the edge with whatever corner and really whatever receiver it is. Same thing with T. Higgins, and you know Tyler Boyd's going to be in the slot going against Elijah Molden. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of things at play there. So, question for you, Jordan, a two-part question: What do you what do you expect? You know, what would you like to see defensively from the Titans? And can you tell our listeners what to expect from uh, the, the Bengals offensively in this matchup? So, for the first part, as far as the Titans' defense goes. Uh, it's a lot different approach in this game in terms of what they're going to see from the Titans defense in comparison to what they saw in the first round with the Raiders. Mo, no, you know very well, bro. Like, Gus is going to run his cover three 60% of the time. Don't live might, by it, die by it. Don't live and die by it. You know, <laughs> execute, execute, execute. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get. There might be tiny little tweaks, cover three, cover three buzz, cover three seam, you know, whatever. Tiny little tweaks, but still cover three. The Titans are not that type of just they don't really have a flavor defensively you know they do what they do do a lot of is different two high shells so like cover two cover four cover six you know different variations of those and then they'll what they also do a lot of is they have a lot of pre-snap disguises so they'll come out and like with two high safeties at one point and then right before the snap one will rotate into the box and then it's like oh because you know when you see that Middle field open with too high. You see middle field closed. That's going to give quarterbacks different tells of what the likely coverages are. The Titans are really, really good at confu- not con- confusing, is it, I guess that works, because it makes that quarterback take that extra hitch. Like, oh, I don't need to check out of this. I got oh, I got middle field open. Then, okay, is everybody set? Hut. Oh, shoot. Nope, middle field closed. Now I got it. He has to just that little second of a pause can tend to change things. It can tend to not. Just depends on the quarterback. Up front. One thing that is similar to the Raiders, the Titans don't blitz a lot. They really don't. 
They blitz more than our Raiders because, as you also know, Mo, we blitz only like 10% of the time, bottom of the league by far, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But the Titans, they blitz, they're like 20%-ish, somewhere around there, which is still, you know, bottom five in the NFL. And but what when what they do do a lot of is uh, simulated pressures. And what I mean by that is you'll you'll line up, you know, you have your four down linemen. They play a lot of four down linemen and then they'll send a dude from the second level or they'll send a guy out of the slot. And then one of the defensive linemen will drop back into his zone. So the tell that it says when you have a second level defender coming is, oh, he's coming. That's a blitz. If you only if that's only if you are able to, you know, you if the quarterback is blind to that defensive lineman dropping out, then the protection is to pick up the blitz. His hot read may go to the blitz when, in fact, it's really not a blitz because it's only a blitz if they bring five or more, right? So the Titans do that stuff really well. They do a really good job with creeper blitzes or simulated pressures. And then up front with those four hogs, they got Danico Autry, X-Raider. Jeffrey Simmons is uh, he's probably like hiding under some kid's beds tonight because he's a monster. And <laughs> then they got Bud Dupree and Harold Landry on the edge. And though the combination of all of them, like the sum of those parts is what really helps that defense. And a lot of the stunts and the twists that they'll throw in there with those guys and then those disguised coverages on the back end are huge. And the last point I would want to say about Titans defense, my guy, Kevin Byard. This dude, oh, monster. Man. He, his ability, I was, I was talking about this in the Cover Zero pod, his ability to gamble intelligently, his ability to gamble intelligently is just amazing to watch on the L22. Trayvon Diggs, he'll gamble a ton and get roasted. I mean, E, you're, you're, I, Brandon Ayuk is served that fool last weekend and <laughs> yeah. he didn't, and, and, and Diggs got zero picks and just got burnt in the process. Bayard, when he gambles, it's a lot more calculated. It's a lot less often. And when he does it, he's almost, almost always right. It's just, he's so, so, so smart. And he'll abandon his, his, his deep quarter half when they're in those two high shells. He did it against the Rams on Monday night, the first game after they lost Henry and resulted in a pick six. And so if Burrow's going to let that ball go, he's going to have to be aware of what Bayard is doing. So that would be the first answer for what their defense is. Tight, or the Cincinnati offense, they're going to try to get those guys and those receivers and those playmakers in one-on-ones. That's really what they're going to try to do. And I think that we might see early on, we might see, we might see them try to lean on G or on a on a Joe Mixon because they may want to get them out of those two high structures where they're going to want to play. Like like if Joe knows that your corner, if Joe Burrow knows that your corners don't have help, he's going to take that shot. That ball is coming out. Like, go ahead. He'll he'll chuck it and give them a chance, even if it's just a one-on-one jump ball because they got the playmakers to do it. So we're going to see that a lot. So the key really with the, the other key for the, the Bengals offense, that offensive line is not very good. It's really not. Uh, Isaiah Prince, the right tackle, was was pretty much abused anytime they didn't chip help on him the last round against Max Crosby. And then you can also take advantage of their right guard. Adenage, I think his name is. Quentin Spain's the other guard. He's, you know, he's he's a, he's a veteran. He's all right, but those guys are gonna they're gonna find that matchup wherever they want. Who it is on one of those guys? You can see Lawrence eating. You can see any one of those dudes eating. And just like I said, it's the sum of that Titans defense that I really love so much, and it's the playmakers with Cincinnati and the quarterback that they have that I really love so much. So that's kind of the cat and mouse game that I'm gonna be watching on Saturday. So we got. 
Titans minus three and a half. They're three and a half point favorites. Titans at home, obviously. What do you guys think the outcome of the game is going to be? Score and winner. I'll let you go first, Jay. I've got the Titans winning in this one. Uh, the only thing that makes me pause about that is the one thing that the Bengals have the advantage of. The Bengals are the better quarterback here. And anytime I got a better quarterback with a three and a half point cushion, I'm kind of intrigued by that, at least as far as looking against the spread goes. However, everything else is better for the Titans. They got the better offensive line. They got the better, if it's Henry that we know, they have the better running back. And even when Henry's been gone, that run game has still been successful. It's still been successful with Deontay Foreman, or Dante Foreman back there. And then they have, well, they they may not have as num as many receivers that can do work like the, the Bengals do. They do have A.J. Brown, who he's been in and out of the lineup. He has, you know, he usually misses some time. But when he's right, he is basically, let's just say he's on the same type of plane in terms of a difference maker that that uh, that Chase is. So really, they have the coach advantage. They have the defense advantage. They have the offensive line. Like, the only thing that the Bengals got is just that passing attack with Burrow. But I like the Titans to win. I think that even if Henry's not the same his same self, there's going to be enough opportunities with Dante Foreman being able to still create things through the run because I don't, I'm not impressed by this Cincinnati defense. I'm really not. Lou Anaramu has made them their defensive coordinator this year. He's made them a lot better. He's got a lot out of free agents that they added. Chidabe Awuzie, Trey Hendrickson, as I mentioned earlier. He's making it work with those young linebackers and Logan Wilson. Jesse Bates is a very underrated free safety back there. But again, he's second tier when you compare him to Kevin Byer with the Titans. So I would just say that there's just too much on this Titans team on both sides of the ball for me to really put my faith in the Bengals considering where they do have holes. I like it to be close. Uh, the score that I had wrote down for this one, I'm looking at 24 to 20 Tennessee. I, I got uh, I got the Titans in the close game. I got, I got the Titans winning 28-24. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy because I actually had the exact same score. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, I, I had I had 28-24 uh, Titans as well. Yeah, it's, um, we're what, over under 47? Yeah, 47 and a half right now. Oh, it went, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it looks like we're pretty unanimous in that we feel like the Titans are going to win. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game on Saturday, my Niners against the Green Bay Packers. There you go, bro. There you go. This is a huge Man. one. Hey, this is like so so far so far the first two weeks of these playoffs has just been historic. It's just been history, like retelling. So Niners versus Cowboys. You know, Niners coming out uh, on top last week, and then now this week we got Niners versus the Packers. The last few times, last actually, yeah, in the playoffs, the last was it the last three playoff meetings that we've had, uh, we've beaten the Packers, um, and those are Aaron Rodgers Packers. So I'm feeling pretty good about this game. Um, I am a little scared because. You know, I mean, it is Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and just a little scared. <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta have, I gotta have some confidence in my, in my guys. In I my feel team, it. So. I feel it. <laughs> but what do, you, what do you guys think? What are your guys' thoughts? So, this, this is the, the most, one of the most anticipated matchups of the, of the divisional round. Definitely. Uh, Aaron Rock, the 49ers have been Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite. You know for quite some time and 
um, it's 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 a it's the clash of styles, man. You got the you got you got the Green Bay Packers who who like to toss it around down the field, and you like and you have the um, excuse me the 49ers, 49ers that like to play old school, smash mouth. We're gonna punch you in the face, run the ball, um, football, run run first football. The thing to keep in mind is injuries. Injuries always have a way of either being for the better or for the worse. Now, keeping a keeping a close eye on this particular matchup, let's start with the Packers. Their second wide receiver, uh, Vadel Scantling. I think I said his name right. Valdez Scantling. Thank you, sir. Uh, MVS, just easier. MVS. We'll just MVS. call him MVS. Yeah. <laughs> He is not. He is more than likely not going to be playing due to a back injury. So that is huge. If I'm the Niners secondary, because all I have to do is key in on Tay, and I don't have to worry about anything else. So you got to keep it. Keep that in your in the back of your mind. That's a huge. That's advantage Niners right there. Um, from the Niners' standpoint, obviously you guys are going to do what you got to do best, and that's run the ball. But I am concerned about that secondary. That front four is as nasty as any in the league. It's one of the best front fours of of in the entire league. But Bosa gets cleared of that concussion. He's good to go. You guys are in good shape. But how do y'all see that secondary holding up against that that pass? That um passing offense of, of the pack for me that I think I think our secondary will be fine I don't think we're gonna be great against it I think we're definitely gonna um, you know Devontae he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get his um we need to make sure that because when MVS has been out this year Lazard has stepped up and I think that's that's a big thing that we need to look out for is making sure that Lazard doesn't step up and or at least we shut him down if Devontae's coming us already um and yeah like like you said I mean so uh Bosa did clear concussion protocol so he's expected to play tomorrow he is Um, playing okay yeah so he's he's expected to play tomorrow um my concern is is Fred Warner going to play? Because I went thought out. he was cleared. Uh, I'm I was I'm not sure. I was uh, did he? I didn't get the uh, notification, or at least I didn't see it. Yeah, I was told that he was. I was told that he was cleared. Okay, he's good if to he's go. Clear, if he's good to go, then I then I have all, all faith in our defense. <laughs> you got you got Bosa and Warner back. We're I think we're good. Um, Emmanuel Mosley, I got trust in him. Um, yeah, I think I think I think our defense will be fine. I think De- Devonte Adams is going to slice y'all a new one this weekend. I'm not, I'm not even gonna, like he is. <laughs> I, and this is no this is no knock. Like y'all did your thing against a loaded receiving core in with the Cowboys. Like, and I love to see what D'Amico Ryan's did, and kind of what I was talking about with the same with the Titans. He did a lot of like pre-snap changes uh, before the snap. And what he also did that I liked a lot after watching all 22 is he did a lot of press coverage. I don't think that's going to be the case 
with the Packers because sure Lazard is not we, like just like you guys were talking about Lazard is he's mainly out there his strength is a blocker and he has a yeah. good rapport with Rodgers just with you know kind of they see the field very similarly but his skill set you're right it's not anything that's you know a standout at the NFL level but there is one thing that those two have it's whenever they get press with the safety away from them and no safety over the top here comes the nine route yeah. and they have a knack for connecting on it and so if whoever it is, it's either going to be Ambry Thomas on one side, it's either going to be Emmanuel Mosley or whoever it ends up being there, that ball is going to be in the air. And then it's going to be like that. Oh, did he catch it? I don't know. It's going to be that type of thing. And so we'll have to see with that. But as far as Devonte Adams, he lines up all over the field. They use him in motion. They use him on, they'll use him in just different plays and different things. And that's one thing I really have to give Matt LaFleur credit for, because I haven't necessarily been a Matt LaFleur dude over time. And this year it's really showed up a lot on the L22 is that they'll run the same concept. So like stick, right? Stick. We, you know, you've seen uh, on Sunday night, Chris Collinsworth draw it up with Jason Witten, which is a choice route in the middle paired with a flat route and an out route, et cetera, et cetera. They'll put Devante as the stick the guy who's going to run the stick. So they run a three by one, three to this side, one to that side. They'll put Devontae at the stick closest to the ball. They'll come back, back out in another three by one and it's still stick. But instead of Devontae being lined up at the three, the nearest to the ball, he'll be lined up at the backside one or they'll come out and they'll put him out wide here and they'll still just run the same shit, but just have Devontae work in different areas of the passing concept. And I kind of just love seeing little wrinkles like that. Normally, you don't see guys do that, especially a team that has really just one dominant number one receiver. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some success with Devontae. There's going to be success through the air. It's just Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if I had to pick an MVP this year, he would be it based on the regular season. I, just, I would just have to. I mean, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. That type of rate is unheard of. And this is the third time that he's crossed the rate of 35 or more TDs and five or less interceptions in his career. He's done this three times now. You know how many other quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have ever done this? Uno. Just one. No one else has ever done this for the course of a season. Just one time. I forget the dude who did it. But Rodgers has now done this three times. And this is really where he, he's getting up there in age. From the legacy standpoint, he needs this. He needs another ring, really, from a legacy standpoint, rather than just having that one. Yeah. And like you said at the beginning, Mo, these Niners are his kryptonite. And he's going to be relying on his boy to be able to change that narrative that it currently is hanging over his legacy. And because of that, I think these two are going to cook on Saturday. So, Jay, let me ask you this. Uh, we can get into X factors. First, we'll start with the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers. Tell me how, how the running backs of the Packers might make this an interesting game on the ground. So because uh, the start, I think that starts with really the temperature. We're looking at a possible, like I think our degrees that we're looking at somewhere in like between 13 and four for come kickoff in Lambeau is going to be cold as hell. And as the game goes on, Aaron Jones is a, is a back who can affect you through the air and through the ground. Tough to bring down, fast, elusive, not afraid to run between the tackles. And then you have a bull with speed in A.J. Dillon to compliment him. I mean, just that battering ram hits a little bit different when your fingers are icy. And the Niners, I think, will be up to the task to do it. They aren't scared like that. They don't have anybody on that defense that's timid like that. 
but it's another thing mindset and it's another thing of execution i think i think those two will be able to 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 make some headway in the run game not quite to the same degree that san francisco will their run game's just not as diverse complex and built the same but to see has as the game goes on as aj Dillon is is attacking them as aaron jones is out on the field we're going to probably see times where they're both in the field at the same time and how they approach that throughout the course of, of as you know all the quarters unfold that's going to be really something to watch but this is a year where they really have got that running back that backfield working i think up to the level that they want and now you get to drop david bakhtiari the all pro left tackle back into the lineup he's mostly going to be the guy that's going to help out protecting rogers and i think the the interesting part is this year they moved uh e-man you guys moved bosa over to run up to rush up against right tackles yeah. this season a lot where normally he was going against left tackles and when it's probably just happened in the offseason nick was like hey joey man so is it really fun just going against them right tackles like you do oh yeah bro you gotta try it cool i'm gonna do that <laughs> and so that's probably what he was doing this year but that's what i noticed this year so yeah really those running backs it'll they'll make an impact but i don't think it'll be the key for green bay the key is Devonte and aaron offensively like that answer so moving forward to moving to the Niners uh two names that I'm gonna throw at you uh first Jimmy G and then Debo how do you see these two playing in in this big game tomorrow uh well if you're gonna throw the name Jimmy G at me it's probably gonna get intercepted I mean, bro, you put the you put the ball on the tee. I mean, <laughs> uh, I set you up and you threw it down. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was that alley oop, bro. You like you come like through like way, way like this. I appreciate that. You get the assist. Uh, but but nah, uh, Jimmy, man, I think I was talking to CJ. Shout out to CJ, uh, to El CJ. Presidente as, as of SSAW and all of our podcast network. He. We were talking a lot throughout the course of this week. He's also a Niner fan. And he was like, if Jimmy G can throw 15 times or less, the game script is perfect. And I would agree. The last time, I mean, E-Man, you know, as, as well as you do too, Mo. Last time these two met in the playoffs, he went through eight times. Seven, yeah. eight times, yeah. Right. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> you know, and so, but I, it's, it's very hard, or I should say rare. It's rare that you are ever in a playoff game of this type of magnitude for that to be the case because at some point it's going to be third and seven right. on some drive there's going to be a holding call on some drive there's a false start on some drive he out of one of those maybe it is his first six passes jimmy doesn't see the underneath linebacker like he hasn't so many times jimmy sails the ball high on an inbreaker like he has so many times but i think jimmy g really kyle won't really rely on him to do too much unless he just really has no choice and i i I just want to see when that point is where kyle's like all right i need something from my passing game and he did a he did a really good job with that i feel like his best job with that was in the second half of that rams game to close out the final week of the season in that second half i thought they're gonna they're down 17 nothing i was like oh yep here comes trey now they try to jimmy back out there and he only needed four throws he only really needed four throws and jimmy made those four throws you know, so that's just kind of where I'm looking at Jimmy. If he can just be a complimentary character and not be in a position to where he needs to necessarily take the lead, quote unquote, it's going to be very beneficial. So 
Linda Debo, I mean, my God. First of all, first of all, that name is so fitting. <laughs> he probably like trucked the womb when he was being born, like being delivered, right? That little truck the womb, ran it over. I mean, he is just, he is so, there's a lot of players on this Niners offense that are just like kind of Swiss army knives. Debo yeah. is half running back, half receiver. Kittle is half offensive lineman, half wide receiver, right? Kyle Juszczyk is 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 is, is, is half left guard, half fullback, half tailback, half half H back. Like he could do, he's really an H back. He he could do it all, and that's something that's beautiful to just watch with these teams. And and Debo's usage, it's so nice to have a guy who does that because when opposing defensive coordinators see him come in, they need to match like bodies for like bodies. So you see Ayuk, Juwan uh, Jennings come in, Debo, and Kittle. That's four passing threats. So the opposing defensive coordinator is going to sit there and be like, all right, I got to at least match four potential wide receivers. So you're going to put in maybe a nickel package, or maybe a dime package. But then Kittle stays in and blocks, and Debo's in the backfield. Now we have this a defensive back who is trying to fit the run in the gap, in the hole, in the box, and also trying to tackle Debo in the open field, forget about it. It's That's advantage San Francisco all day. And if the Niners are going to win, Debo is going to have to take some people's chains so he can go get himself a 40 at the end of it. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great reference. <laughs> Great reference. But yeah, no, um, I was just, I was just gonna say uh, the same thing. You know, Debo is gonna have to have a big game in order for us to win, in order for us to take that W. Um, and Kittle is gonna have to Kittle is gonna have to show up. Um, last time we played uh, Green Bay during the season, I think it was week three of this season. We just barely lost we lost by two points um and kittle had a solid game but he's gonna he's gonna need to have at least a decent game um even if it's not you know receiving just you know making those key blocks and getting debo that space i mean debo is like you said debo is gonna trust in fools but if he could get those blocks from from Kittle and from the from the rest of our line, then and even from Kyle Yushek, then we'll be pretty dangerous. Um, if they shut Debo down, then all my confidence goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter of time, really. Like if he's not, if he's kind of slow. It, it'll yeah. click eventually. Kyle's, he's, the, I, you know, there's been those times, you know, where he's maybe went to Jimmy a little too much and got away from the run. I don't see there being a scenario where he gets away from Debo yeah. in this game. There can't be. <laughs> yeah, he's too smart not to. Yeah. Defensively for the Packers, I'm really interested to see how they obviously defend Debo, but the run in general. And for the Niners' standpoint, I just obviously – we have already established that they're a run first team. But in my opinion, for them to actually win on the road in Lambeau, number 10 is going to have to make some plays from the pocket. And particularly, like you already said, Jay, on third down situations. On that temperature, in that environment, that's the big question because he's very inconsistent in that regard. He can get you some first downs, but sometimes when you need a big throw, the key throw, 
it's not always there. So I'm 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 looking at those points um, in that game, you know. I, I'm glad you said I'm glad you I'm glad you said key throw after big throw because we all know he can't do the big throw. But as far as like big in terms of importance, yeah, you're right. Like it, I can't I can't tell you how many times last week I saw him throw at a wide open receiver's feet. <laughs> Oh, the Kittle, the Kittle one, the Kittle, in the fourth the quarter. Kittle one. Yeah, it was. We're, we're so lucky they hit the ground first. It was the second. <laughs> it's the second down. I get the play call by Kyle. He's like, okay, yeah. they are for sure selling out on the run here. Let's hit him with a play action boot. The shit was right there. Let me give Jimmy a layup and have him throw a flat route to Kittle. Like it's a fucking layup, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uncontested. Uh, Jimmy still found it. Oh, it's a layup. All right, I'm gonna throw my man a bounce pass. What? <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> Bro, Jimmy was out there doing Terrell Pryor with the Raiders impression, bro. Throwing people cheats. Come on, man. What is going on? Shaving points, man. Man. Yo, somebody make money it or something? It's, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's it it can't. It, it has to come down. It's almost like, I, I know you do this too. I'm sure you do this too, you man. Like, as a Niner fan yourself, when Jimmy's back there, and he starts like, and he gets that hitch. And, no, 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 no. Okay, yes. Yeah. And, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> damn it, Jimmy. Like, you know, it's just, we've yeah. seen this too many times. Uh, So, Green Bay's favored by five points at home in Lambeau. Who you guys got? And what's the final score? Uh, I got, I think I got it's Packers. Packers. I think it's Packers. Yeah. Mm hmm. Why you got I the Packers, Mo? I think I think they're due. Um, you mentioned you made a great point at the beginning of this segment about legacy. Uh, I felt like Aaron Rodgers. This is a legacy game for him. Uh, it's the end of the road. You know, there's a lot of chatter about his future at Green Bay beyond this season. Uh, there was a lot of friction between the front office in the in the off season. Really questions if he was going to report to camp, sit out, or like. Uh, force a trade. Uh, so I just feel like this this is it for him. You know, the, he's going against the, his childhood team. You know, we all know that he act, he wanted to be a Niner, so he still feels some type of way about that. He should have been. Has, he hasn't been able to beat this team, and I, I think this is the time that he, this is the opportunity for him to finally get over that hump. Uh, I think, like I said, that Adams is going to be a bit too much for them, and if they can get anything on that ground game, and and, and the defense force force Jimmy to make make throws, throws. I say that loosely. I like I like Green Bay in a close one, man. I'm gonna say 31-27 pack. 31-27 pack. I got the Packers winning as well. I just there's too there's too much. The script for the Niners to win is it seems like it's it's the odds of that happening are a lot less likely than the odds of a Packers victory occurring just because it's Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams just continuing to click. And as I mentioned earlier, they're getting back David Bakhtiari. He played a little bit in week 18 just kind of get his feet wet, but now he's going to be at least much more settled in considering he at least had a time some time off. The Niners are working on somewhat of a short week this week just with one day less rest. And the Packers are also getting back two other guys on that defense. Their defense was playing very well this year. Devondre Campbell, their linebacker that they picked up off the scrap heap from Arizona, made the all-pro team, rightfully so, balling his ass off. 
playing very smart. They've always needed a linebacker, it seems, in Green Bay, and now they finally got one. And then they're also getting back Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith, the pass rusher, he's arguably their best pass rusher, and he's going to be able to come back right now. And just the different ways that he can mix in and just provide pressure on Jimmy and just make it harder. That's going to really, that's going to be, that's going to stand out, I think, on, on Saturday as well. And then my dude, my personal favorite defensive player in the league is coming back for the Packers, Jair Alexander. He is back and he is going to, he's going to play coming out of the Louisville product right there. His game is just, he's, he's incredible. The, the way that dude can work within his zone responsibility, understand when to abandon it, kind of similar to what I was talking about with Kevin Byard and just make explosive plays, how tough he is on the outside, how much of a, just a difference maker overall he is in that NFC title game. When they lost to the bucks last year, he had what two interceptions on the outside and only surrendered. I think like, like what was it? 34 yards total receiving. Like, I mean, it was just absolutely balling his ass off when you guys played against them in week three, E man, that's the one that Jimmy threw the pick. He's yeah. yeah, Alexander just abandoned his deep third responsibility. ran to the middle and just scooped it. I, I don't think he's going to necessarily get one because I don't know how much Jimmy's going to really be put in a position to put the ball over there. But he's going to, you get a player like that just dropped into a defense that's already having a solid season. That's going to help. But even though, while I do have the Packers, and the one scenario is we've all talked about throughout the course of this, this segment, that Niners running game is something serious. I just geek out. The, the all 22 nerd in me just geeks out at all the different concepts that Kyle will put in there his feel for the run game when to call the stretch he calls the stretch and he gets defenses used to flowing laterally and then oh you have to play sound you have to play your gap you have to play half a man behind you got to do all, it's a more technical approach then he'll as soon as you get in that rhythm then he's calling a power and he's running that shit right up their ass and then they and then it's it's a completely different way to play it and then there's all these different play actions that are tagged to the back end of those run concepts and the packers with the numbers they're a very good tackling unit but they don't necessarily fit the run very well because they, throughout the course of this regular season, they allowed the third most yards per carry in the entire league. The Niners will have success there. But as I said earlier, are they going to be able to match the Packers in points? And at some point, it's going to be third and seven. It's going to be third and eight. It's going to be third and nine. It's going to be third and 10. And at that point, you have to have Jimmy to be able to make those plays. And I don't necessarily see there being enough of those to outscore Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Let me get the Packers. I think you guys cover the spread. I think you guys cover the spread. Let me call it. Uh, I like 20. I like 20. No, I like 30. No, I don't have this score written down. I'm just coming up with it off the top of my head right now. I like 28 to 28-24. So 28-24. That way you guys still cover. 28-24. All right. For me. Um, one name that we haven't mentioned that I feel like we should is Elijah Mitchell. Um, and be, because you, I mean, you reminded me when you mentioned, uh, when you mentioned the run, run game and I think he's going to help open up, um, opportunities for Debo just because like you said, Kyle's going to, Kyle's going to figure out some kind of, some kind of scheme where one of them is taking it up or running it, running it through. Um, and because of that, I think we, and if we're, if we're going to win this game, we need to get out to an early lead. Um, 
just because if we give if we if we end up either trailing or if they're within what like five points on the last drive it's game over like there's no chance we're gonna win if you give Aaron Rodgers one last drive and he's only down five points he's gonna get a touchdown um but that being said I think we do get out to an early lead I think it's a close one I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with your score Jordan 28-24 but I'm going with my Niners you're, you're right that's when you were talking about the if it's the same if you know Aaron Rodgers late whatever you know that type of thing it's, it's literally how the week three game went yeah Aaron Rodgers it's exactly how it went yeah 47 <laughs> seconds and then he hit Devonte on just that chef's kiss of an over route oh my god yeah. just and Fred Warner's hand was just like yeah I wish I was a little bit taller you know that type of thing. <laughs> it was just right over the top it was beautiful but yeah I'm excited for this game. This is my favorite Saturday game. By far. For sure. By far. All right. Next game, uh, Sunday. Sunday. First game on Sunday is, who is it? Rams and Bucks. The other NFC matchup. This is this should be this should be a pretty good one. This, what you this makes me this, this game makes me nervous for um for Rams fans, my my pops, shout out to my pops, diehard Rams fan. Okay. And the reason why I say this game makes me nervous is because of the guy that they're playing on the other on the other end of the field. And the reason why I say that is because, and I get shitted on this for saying this, but I, I say it year after year. When you're playing Tom Brady, you have to play Tom Brady. And you have to play the officials because there's always a, a minute in the game, a pivotal point in the game where a call just so happens to go his way and that changes the entire complexion of the game. So for that, I know Jordan, you were giving me the kind of eyebrow when I said that, but for that reason, that's why I'm a little bit nervous for this game because okay. I, I do think that the Rams are the better team and I do right. like them to win. But I just feel like there's going to be again, there's going to be a moment in the game where a call favors the Bucks and it's going to eventually just um, effectively, I should say, take the win out of the Rams' sails. So, what do y'all think? I've seen that too. I've seen when we've seen it happen before. We saw it happen in the last uh, NFC Championship game the no call on the jersey pool or like the, there was the there was the holding over and over and over again throughout the yeah. course of the game that the Bucks secondary was getting away with and then as soon as the Packers do it on that last play granted though yeah. it was late ass it, flag yeah. too late it was yeah. flag. it's still holding I mean the yeah. it, 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 it's like this right. you know I mean yeah. but they let them they let that play before and they right. call it then but either way um I honestly think though in this one yeah that 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 could occur and there, I think there will be one. There will, of course, you know, it's just like you're right, Mo. It does seem to always rear its head. And as Raider fans, we know the, the, the most egregious one of all, you know. And I don't necessarily know that when this game gets to the fourth quarter, if the call will be able to come in and really ruin it. 
I got the Rams. I, I got, I mean, we'll get to, you know, more of the details in the Nick grip, but I do have the Rams winning this. And if I, if I were to bet on a game this weekend, in, incorporating the spread, let me get the Rams and the points. Let me get the Rams and the points. I just think that this Rams team is, is they have enough. Like you said, it's the better team. And I'm going to side with that too. And there might be like when Brady's tr- attempting to make a comeback, there might be a play that on a third down that extends that. Yeah, I can see something, something like that. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. But I, I have, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I like the Rams in this one. I just think it's, it's, there's enough there for them to be able to, to take the cake. Man, I think hard for me to, oh man. It's harder than what you think, man. It really is. So I, my my mind is telling me the Rams, like intelligence is telling me the Rams, but my heart just can't do it because they're an LA team. <laughs> my mind is telling me Rams, but my body's telling me Bucks. <laughs> no, but um, and I, I I told you guys last time I'm a sucker for narratives and. If I think that the Niners are gonna win, I think that the Bucks are gonna win too because I think it, there's gonna be that whole and so there was that whole thing where uh, Tom Brady was on the shop uh, before the season on LeBron's show on HBO and he was talking about how a team chose their current quarterback over Tom Brady over him and he was like what you're sticking with that guy everyone was was talking about how it was chicago in my mind and in my heart i think it was the niners sticking with jimmy g over tom brady because tom brady knows jimmy g and i think there's gonna be like again i'm a sucker for narrative i think a really good narrative would be jimmy g and the niners versus tom brady where Tom Brady could have been a Niner, but they chose Jimmy G instead. They cho- they chose to stick with Jimmy G over him, um, and and over you know Tom Brady coming back home to play for to play for his home team. Um, so I'm gonna choose I'm gonna choose the Bucks uh, in this one, um, even though again my mind is telling me that the Rams just because the Rams have too many weapons, um, Sony Michelle has been playing like a beast lately and Cam Akers 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 had a really good game against Arizona on Monday how how does someone look like this after an Achilles how (laughs) yeah like what are we doing with stem cells in 2022 like (laughs) Clay Thompson (laughs) Kevin Durant I mean there's there's Medicine has gone a long way. For sure yeah. has. Medicine, <laughs> nutrition, uh, sports <laughs> rehab, and then just human beings are just bigger, faster, stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw a name at you too. Uh, Matthew Stafford. You know, Matt Matt Stafford. He's out quarterback, big arm guy. But when the lights are the brightest, he comes up a little bit short. So how do you see him playing in this pivotal game. I mean, this is the biggest game of his career, right? For so, sure. It is. Arguably, um, hands down. He's never been arguably, this far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see how he we'll see how he reacts and how he responds 
to the pressure and how well uh, Sean McVay has prepared him for it. So, yeah, I I got like with Stafford really when Stafford throws when Stafford throws his his interceptions and his stupid passes, it's almost like when I when I watch them, a lot of them are like. It's not that he's conf- I was talking about this in the cover zero preview. It's not that he's confused or like, oh, I didn't see that backer. It's oh, you're gonna double my dude? Well, F you. I'm Matthew Stafford. I got a howitzer on my shoulder. I'm gonna throw this ball anyway because I can. Yeah, watch this. And it and it might work. Or I got Cooper Cup over there, or I got Calvin Johnson over there. Y'all can't stop him anyway. Watch this. And then when he does throw it and they pick it, oh shit. You know, it's that type of thing. You know what I mean? That's what I think a lot of what, where his inequities are are rooted in. And if he can just not be the F you Matthew Stafford and simply just be the, the take your chances when you need to, because that's why that McVay brought you in to do this, then that is going to be the most beneficial for the Rams. I don't necessarily know how much they can rely on the run game this week to take you know to, to maybe make things easier because the bucks run defense is so stout especially when todd bowles gets in that five two box they put those five down linemen on the field five down defensive linemen so and it's basically just one-on-one up front that's really what neutralized sean McVay's running attack when he had todd Gurley and cj henderson they made it to the super bowl bill belichick basically said we're going to run quarters we're going to run five down defensive alignment so it's one-on-ones up front and none of y'all can double team to get to the second level and that's then going to mean that levante david and Devin white can do their thing but to get back to stafford he's not going to get a lot of help there it's just whether or not he doesn't kill his own team by throwing stupid picks i would hope and like to say that he doesn't because i think matthew stafford throughout the course of his career I think most people are either too low or too high on him. Like if Matthew Stafford had the Rams, like every, you know, like he's got now, he'd be Patrick Mahomes or better. Like some people on Twitter or on social media will say, and there's other people who, the people who I I think don't necessarily watch football are like Matthew Stafford sucks. He's never won anything. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's somewhere in the middle is where the truth lies on Matthew Stafford. I think there's a lot of talent there for him. But he has, and I think I want to see him show it more and continue to show it on a stage like this and show it against the boogeyman in Tom Brady who just comes to take everybody's everybody's dreams and hopes away from them. So, What do you see from the Rams defensively in this matchup, Jay? So the Rams defensively, they frustrate me a lot on all 22. They frustrate me a lot. And it's not the players. I mean, I love me some Aaron Donald. I love going to get players like they have go get Jalen Ramsey if you regardless of the picks go get Vaughn Miller regardless of whatever picks it is I like being able to do that just like F them picks let me go ahead and get proven players what frustrates me is that I feel like they could be doing more and it's not that that uh their defensive coordinator Raheem Morris is incapable I just don't know how much I don't I don't want to you know, I listened to Flying Coach this year. Sean McVay was on a podcast that he had, and Raheem Morris was on an episode. And Sean McVay is very smart. He's one of my favorite coaches in the entire league. I just don't know how much he's really giving Raheem to go ahead and do Raheem things. Because when Raheem has had control of defenses, I've seen a lot more on the coach's film than I'm seeing now. 
and they'll do some of the one double number, you know, like Bill Belichick would do. And they put Jalen Ramsey in the slot a lot because they want him close to the ball. I don't necessarily know if that's the best spot for him, just because if you have an elite corner on the outside, he can just lock down anyone and case closed. Let's go do something else everywhere else. Bill Belichick does a lot of the one double this guy where it'll be like, they'll put JC Jackson, their number one corner on the number two option in the offense, in the offense. So that dude's completely eliminated. Then they'll double like traditional, both you and you got this guy. And they'll, the, both those dudes will double the number one. The Rams really don't use Ramsey like that when they do that. It's like Ramsey's like the spy in the middle. So it's like Ramsey and somebody else are guarding one guy. And then Darius Williams is in a one-on-one with the number one of the other team. So it's like, it's just kind of things like that. Like, I see what you're doing. Cool. You're eliminating that. You're making them go to something else. But now when they have to go to something else, it's not as hard as you could make it with what you have on that roster. Granted, you still have Leonard Floyd. You still have Aaron Donald. You still have Von Miller. Those That trio was top three in pressures this year, along with the trio from the Titans in uh, Autry and Simmons and Landry. So those dudes are going to be able to make some some dividends. But if they can find ways to really attack those that linebacking core for the Rams, that's really where they don't invest a lot in. And if they have to play Eric Weddle for any type of regularity, that's, 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 I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how much like TRX workouts you can do. (laughs) I don't know how much the Peloton is getting you ready to go cover NFL receivers. You know what I mean? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I have a TRX. I, I played Juco college football. I'm not ready to go cover Mike Evans. I'm just not like, I never was, you know what I mean? But let's just, you know, I don't know how, what type of shape he's in, but anyway, the Rams defense, I I just love a lot of the players. I just wish I was seeing a little bit more to maximize everything that's there. So bucks are favored by three. Of course they are the home team. They got that home field advantage. What do you guys, what are you guys' predictions? Final score. I got, I got the Rams. I got the Rams. I think they are over understanding what 48 and a half, 48. Yeah. Uh, I have the Rams because I just, I trust Sean McVay to be able to get into scenarios that are advantageous for them. He had one of my favorite plays drawn up last time they played them. I think it was in week four in the regular season. And they ran a concept that routinely just backside digs, backside dig routes when you have, you know, trips to one side, one receiver to the other. Backside digs are so common because they just, when the quarterback finishes his front side read and then he peels back to the middle, he has his last line of defense read breaking into his vision. So backside digs are very common in so many different passing concepts. This fool McVay said, I'm going to drop a backside dig and go and connected on it against the Bucks and different type of concepts like that to where he was able to isolate certain safeties deep and really take advantage of the whole field, which is what he's wanted to do for a long time with getting Matthew Stafford. I think the Rams really, this is why they made all of those different trades and and all of those different deals. It's like they they went all in and when they they got Von Miller, they went all in, they put all their chips in the middle of the table. And then they was like, well, shit, I want to get Odell Beckham too. Well, let me, let me put my watch in there. Let me put my <laughs> rings in there. Let, let me, here's my pink slip to my car. You know, they did all that. And it's all for not if you don't win this game. Yeah. It's all yeah. for not. Like, and I think they realized that. And 
I just think the Bucks they're missing they're missing some people that's going to end up being a problem against this Stax Rams team. Tristan Wirfs has a high ankle sprain. Right. And that's going to be a problem going against all that talent on that defensive front. If you can't anchor against those dudes, good luck. I mean, even when he came back in the game going against Ryan Kerrigan, that was a problem in the wild card round. And Ryan Kerrigan had his basically his best game of the year because he was playing against the hobbled Tristan Wirfs. We'll have to see what he looks like. They also have Ryan Jensen, their center, who was he was hurt in that game as well. And neither one of those dudes practiced yesterday being yes, Thursday. And neither one of those guys practiced on Thursday. So uh, that's going to, I think, be a problem. We all know what happened with Antonio Brown, why he's not there. Mike uh, Mike Evans is the one lone receiver still, still trugging along, still doing things. Chris Godwin's on IR. These were guys that were making differences in the postseason for the Bucs when they made it to the Super Bowl last year. And I think not having them, even though you still have that boogeyman, I don't know if it's enough to be able to take over everything that is on the other side of the other, you know, with the opponent in the Rams, because that's a lot to deal with. And I think they all recognize it. And I think they're clicking and they're able to go ahead and get this win. I like the score. Let's go 31, 24 Rams. And people are going to try to make this narrative after the end of that game. If that score does happen. Oh, Tom Brady's legacy's tainted. Just, just, just stop. Just this is, this is Tom Brady's. Before I, I stop with this, this is Tom Brady's 16th divisional playoff game. This dude has basically played a full season of divisional round playoffs. <laughs> 16 of them. Well, I get, you know, 17, whatever, but you hear what I'm saying. Like, that's just, yeah. it's absurd. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I, I'm leaning to, I'm going, I'm going with the Rams, uh, even though I'm not 100% confident in that over over due to reasons I've already stated but I do like the Rams and I like the Rams for one for one reason they can consistently get a pass rush on Tom Brady they win the game so I like the Rams I'm going to say 33-27 okay I'm going Bucks and if the Bucks are going to win it's going to have to be a low scoring game <laughs> oh I think I'll, I'll not not necessarily low scoring, but then like I don't think they're gonna I don't think they'll cover. I think it'll be Bucks twenty four twenty one. As a E man, as a narrative guy, I, I like my narratives too. Don't get me wrong; it, it tells yeah. the story of the season, of the time, and all that. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. <laughs> well, that's one, but yeah. I feel like we've read that book. Yeah. Um, but I would I would ask you in the sense of, is it a better narrative? If Matthew Stafford, who carries the narrative of not being able to win the big one, goes against the guy that only wins the big one and wins it, it's like, isn't that the biggest like example of David and Goliath that we could have in this postseason? That is, but they're not going to give, I don't think they would give Matthew Stafford that credit because of, because of his team. Because I got of it. all the other, because of all the other weapons that he, not only he has on offense with him, but the defense as well. So even if he, even if he did win it, I don't think they would give him that credit, unless he was like just tearing the bucks up. Yeah. Okay. Like single-handedly. Uh, last game of the weekend. The ooh, this is gonna be a shootout. The Bills and the Chiefs. 
this my favorite one of the whole weekend. Yeah, by far. Well, where should Pulling we start, gentlemen? Man. <laughs> want to start with the Chiefs or you want to start with the Bills? Uh, Really, honestly, for me, I've been, like, just kind of losing myself on this Bills team as of late in the last couple of weeks that they've played. Maybe not necessarily week 18. That wasn't really much. Um, But the last two, mainly the last two times Josh Allen played against the Patriots, the, the best two games I have ever seen of him, period. Like, just I, when he was coming out of Wyoming, I remember I didn't think he was much as a prospect. But to see him do what he did these last two times against the Patriots and Bill Belichick, who is super familiar with him because they're divisional foes and just knows and Bill Belichick. I mean, if there's any one person who has a knack on taking away what you do best, it's him. And yet he couldn't take anything away from Josh at all. And it was just amazing. If Josh Allen plays like he did in those two games, the Bills are winning the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just I have no other conclusion other than that. He posted the second highest PFF grade in the playoffs ever in that wild card round. And in, since PFF's been around since like 2005, 2006, something like that. And he posted the highest one in that, the second highest one ever. You know who had the first highest one ever? Patrick Mahomes. So that little interesting tidbit of them two going against each other is just unique. Mahomes did his in the divisional round also when they came back from that, uh, they were down, what, 20, something like that, to the Texans. And then he rattled off. Yep, and then he rattled off five touchdowns back to back to back to back to back. (laughs) So, like, yeah. Um, But, yeah, just Josh Allen, because he's shown that he can do things as a passer, and now we're really seeing him do things as a runner. Um, I think after, let me ask you guys this question because I was thinking about it a lot and I asked Josiah in the Cover Zero podcast. After Lamar Jackson, is Josh Allen the most dangerous, the next most dangerous running threat from the quarterback position in the NFL? Or do you guys still kind of side with Kyler? Do you kind of still think that Jalen Hurts showed us something this year in Philly? Where are you guys at on that? Is he, where does he kind of come in as a running threat from the QB position in your guys' eyes? That's actually, that's actually a great question because I don't really consider him a runner like that I mean I know they have special RPOs where they they script where they design plays where he can take off and make plays with his with his uh with his legs but he's such a strong passer but I never really gave him gave him that much credit as a runner so honestly that you got me thinking man y'all gonna have to come back to me that's that's actually uh, a good question I would I would say that he is because I mean like like you said Mo he's I, it's hard to really consider him a runner, but the fact that he could make something out of nothing, the fact that he can make those passes off the run, and you know, by his by his receivers' time, and you know, do something positive, uh, I I'm gonna say yes. Um, Kyler Kyler is up there, but I think people just see that because he had that whole you know that whole uh what is it what's the word i'm looking for um i guess backstory of you know looking up to russ and so people automatically oh he's like russ he he aspires to be like russ he's a running quarterback but i think josh allen is actually more dangerous 
than Kyler. Yeah, I'm. He's very dynamic. Like Lamar is dynamic, but they're both dynamic quarterbacks, but in different ways. So I, 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 I mean, I can see it. I just don't see enough of it. If that makes sense for me to really consider him. He's definitely a great athlete, and he can he can run. But I just haven't seen enough of it to really answer this question, like truthfully. Clearly. So after watching the film was when I started to wonder it. And then after this, one, I was like, damn, this dude's doing a lot as a runner. And throughout the course of the year, it kind of showed up. And the more as they went to him, it was it was evident to me that he he is like, I just at this point, I didn't think I'd be here right now. But after watching the film, I came away with it out of players this year that have at least 50 carries. Josh Allen is the tops in the NFL in terms of yards per carry. He averages six and a half yards per carry. And this other stat just blew my mind. This dude, Josh Allen, averages, averages 3.4 yards after contact per carry. As a quarterback. <laughs> like, if, if he just simply runs the ball after, like, just his yards after contact on three different downs are going to get you a first down. Like, that's insane to me. And this year, for PFF, Josh Allen, 37 forced miss tackles and 37 like 37 forced missed tackles 37 broken tackles kyler murray three it's just it's insane this year what he is doing and there is a play in there's a couple of plays in that in the second in the, in the wild card round against the patriots where belichick he got belichick out of his man coverages that's just what bill belichick loves him some cover one because he prides himself on having dudes in his secondary and he does but when you run man coverage against running quarterbacks when those dudes get into routes their back is to this quarterback who's then taken off down the field running so you got to more likely play zone because the eyes of the defenders are now just keying in on the quarterback much more than they would be if they're playing man and keying in on their man so he was running a lot more zone and there was one where it was a pass play Allen's dropping back. The offensive line kept him squeaky clean that game. And he's sitting back there and he's surveying. He's surveying. He's looking. He's looking right. He's looking left. He then bails out to the left side of the pocket. The Patriots sent a full on uh, a full on slanted rush to the right. So the whole offensive line collapsed to the right. He he leaks out left because Matthew Judon was left as the spy on the left side. Allen sees him and literally runs by this dude like he's a slug. Just like he's not even there. Just bye. Peace. And then there was another play. I want to say it was it Adrian Phillips where Josh Allen broke out, scrambles out to the left. He's trying to extend the play. He scrambles out to the left, plants his foot in the ground, says, no, nah, I'm going to try to run for this. Puts a juke on Adrian Phillips. Phillips just basically did the stanky leg and fell over and collapsed. Like hit his life alert button. Someone come get me. You know? <laughs> like it was just like, I was like, wow. This dude is crazy. Like, he's just, he is, and how they use him on a design run, there's a lot of similarities with his speed and his power and his cannon. That reminds me of Cam Newton. But with the arm talent that he has, it's it shows up more consistently. The arm talent, that is, shows up more consistently than Cam's arm talent did when he was playing. And when you take that and you combine it together, it's a scary feat, and that's really what I'm seeing from Josh Allen now. And when they played the Chiefs in the what was it week? I can't remember. No, I didn't. When they played the Chiefs in the regular season, 
there was a play where they got Steve Spagnolo. He loves to run his cover zeros and his his man looks, you know. They got them in that look. And basically Brian Dable's like, I'm running counter bash. And counter bash is is basically a play that was where it's like this, it's this backside read for a quarterback keep. I won't get too much in the weeds of it. But it's a play that the Ravens have really made popular that that Greg Roman has drawn up for Lamar Jackson. And Dayball was just like, yeah, I'm going to use this. This is nice. I'm going to use this against these Chiefs team. And it worked. And just to be able to do that and to see the success they're having with him as a runner, that's really the biggest difference that I'm seeing from him coupled with his arm and what he's doing on the field. So what do you guys think about the Chiefs? We, we spent all this time on the on the Bills. I know. That's why I, I told y'all I've been all Bills. <laughs> there, are, so this... there are rivals. <laughs> Fuck the Chiefs. That's <laughs> Yeah, bro. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. <laughs> so, I mean, all right. I'll, I'll, I will say this. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Um, and especially when you got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey there. And the Chiefs defense has been picking it up. Um towards the towards the end of the season and uh in recent weeks but i'm like as as far as as far as my pick i'm picking the i'm picking the bills um last year uh i think it was i think it was last year after the aoc championship stefan diggs stayed on the field and watched the chiefs celebrate mm-hmm. stefan diggs is, he has fire in his eyes He's he's gonna come he's gonna come after the Chiefs and he I mean that's something that only I mean you could I'm not I'm not gonna say he's like one of the greatest receivers but that's something that great athletes do to light that fire and you know get that passion and I mean he didn't start off the season great but then after after a couple weeks he started to pick it up and then he just went on fire uh to close out the season and man yeah i got i got the bills winning i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 38 38 30 38 30 yeah this is our highest over under the weekend this is the only one to exceed 50 yeah 38 30 i'm glad you i'm go ahead mo go ahead uh, i was just gonna say uh when you were on our uh, preview show uh, at the beginning of the season, I had said that the Bills were my pick to go to the Super Bowl. This and is I'm true. Not, I'm not jumping off that ship. I'm not. I'm <laughs> ride or die with the ship. It's, it has nothing to do with KC, but I like uh, I like the Bills 35-32. And uh, from a KC standpoint. Obviously, they're not known for their defense, but defensively, Jay, what do you see? They what do you see from the Kansas City defense that can kind of make this into a into a game? It's really the it's really the changes they made throughout the course of the year. Uh, they had a they had a um there was a point where they were playing Chris Jones on the on the edge. Like, you know, they didn't really have any edge rushers that were doing anything. So they were like, all right, if we're going to get any edge pressure, let's take our best pass rusher and let's put him on the edge. But that's not really Chris Jones's game. You want to keep him in the interior. You want him to be that disruptor right in the face of a quarterback, right in the center of an offense. And you just want him there. And that's where he's best suited. So so he uh, Spagnola moved him back inside. That helped. Then getting uh, Frank Clark to start to play better 
maybe still not playing anywhere near how much he's being paid, but getting him to play better. And then also acquiring Melvin Ingram from the Steelers and putting him on the edge. That was kind of the first, you know, signs of difference that they made up front to be able to make a change. Then at the second level, they started using Willie Gay a little bit more. And another player over there that really caught my eye, probably later than normal with how much game film I watch to the chagrin of my wife. But uh, <laughs> uh, they got a player over there, Nick Bolton. He was a rookie out of Missouri. They took him in the second round this year. Nick Bolton has just been incredible as far as like an open field tackler. And I think he's going to have an impact in this game, considering what I was talking about with how Josh Allen runs. And when you have a running quarterback, how that changes the math for a defense. He has 122 tackle attempts on the season. He has only missed five throughout the whole entire course of the year. That's incredible for a rookie. And as a linebacker, when it comes to defending the run, just the run, not in general, like chasing down people we know, screen passes, whatever. He has the most tackles for a loss or for no gain against the run than any other linebacker in the NFL as a rookie. It's pretty crazy what he's been doing over there and being able to use him more and just maybe not necessarily have the other players that they were having out there at the linebacker spot. That's helped a lot too. And then when you go to the back end, the secondary, what on earth Steve Spagnuolo is thinking do with Daniel Sorensen being a safety? Jesus, he's trash too. Let me add that. God, but exactly. It's why is he so he's been on that team through several defensive coordinators. <laughs> Daniel Sorensen is a decent dime linebacker, right? This is a very <laughs> niche position that this man needs to be doing. Right. You should not have Daniel Sorensen as your last line of defense when you take Honey Badger and you get to do all the creative things with Honey Badger that you want to do. Sure, Daniel Sorensen can get everybody lined up right. But when Daniel Sorensen gets everybody lined up right and he's still lined up correctly, but lined up there as a trash-ass dude in the right spot, it don't matter, right? And so they got him out of there. They put Juan Thornhill back in the lineup when, the, when he's playing safety and it's that's helped that a lot so i don't think we necessarily what he does what they do with all those pieces that's what's really as you said Eman, with to like launch the changes for the chiefs defense i think a lot of that was rooted in those like personnel adjustments right there for this particular game steve spagnolo needs to be able to think outside of his usual box he loves to get teams into third down and send crazy pressure at him just when he gets you in third and long oh hell like he like he his his mouth waters he salivates he wants to start sending all these crazy pressures and and looks like blitzes like that but you cannot do that against josh allen in the way this bill's offense is functioning right now you just can't and i want to i'm anxious to see where he tries to pick that that you know this is this is what he does i gotta do what i do i gotta be what i am in my bones you know that's that's steve spagno he's gonna think that but at the same time, I've got to be able to make a game plan to stop my opponent in front of me. How he walks and toes that line is going to be very important to see in this game. Final score prediction, Jay? Final score. Um, uh, when they played in week five, it was, as you said, E-Man, this, I, I just looked at this, I read it down. It was 30, they, the Bills did put up 38 that game. And um, final score, I like 34. 30. He's called 30. I like 30 to 26. Buffalo. Um, to see, again, just to go back, 
all that stuff I said about Josh Allen those last two games to remind everybody listening, he did this against the number two defense in the NFL with that Patriots defense in terms of points allowed, yardage, most metrics, etc. And to think about what how good this Bills team is right now, and to your point, Mo, how you predicted them to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, I had predicted KC to to go ahead and take it. But to do all that against the number two defense is impressive. And especially impressive when you consider this Bills team has the number one defense by most metrics on the opposite side of the ball by this guy that's basically just been playing like he's, you know, some type of machine from Skynet in Josh Allen. So, yeah, that, yeah, give me the Bills. Uh, yeah, 30 to 26. What is your, I know your favorite game, you man. Mo, what's your favorite? Is it this one? It's, uh, it's yeah, it's between this one and uh, that Niners Packers game. Yep, I'm I got I I just got too many Niner homies that are giving me shit about our loss. Jay, <laughs> you so know, bro, I, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm with I'm you. Not one of them. Just, He's not just, one of them. He, <laughs> he is not one of them. But I've done limited pods with you guys, but I can yeah. tell like Eman is just too cool of a dude to like give his boy shit. He probably was like, yeah. bro, I'm sorry, your team lost, man. That's gotta suck, yeah. man. Hurts, <laughs> because bro. because if if my team loses, we're in the we're in the same boat. Even even if we made it further, it doesn't matter. We're in the same boat. We we finished with the same we finished with the same record, not winning, not mm-hmm. the champions. So mm-hmm. yeah. Regular season at this point doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've seen this from certain people within the Bang Bang Niner Gang collective. You know what I mean? And and not you, Eman. I mean, we you know this is yeah. we, we talk like this, we text whatever. But I've seen certain people just like really changing the narrative of what that Cowboys game was. Oh, and it's yeah. just like pump <laughs> your brakes, bro. Like y'all won, y'all won, y'all won. You beat them handedly. It, what the ref didn't screw you out of this? No, y'all went in there and you beat them. But don't sit there and like make it bigger than it was. Don't like like and I'm just yeah. seeing that from certain sectors of the Niner fandom. I mean 14, I, I, 14 penalties by the Cowboys and they were just <laughs> not prepared at all for that game. Like Mike McCarthy in my opinion should be fired, especially for that last bullshit. What does he do? <laughs> Absolutely fucking nothing. So like, like, I mean it's like Jerry Jones likes these guys on his team that just are like there like jason garrett he just mr clap yeah that's it that's just what jason garrett did right (laughs) brother up 30 down 30 just this just this the entire yeah yeah. it's it's like his resume said these hands what you mean you trying to fight nah bro just i I just i'm a motivator you know what i mean i'm a motivator it's either yes we're doing good or come on we gotta do better exactly exactly What? Mike McCarthy don't even clap. Like, I swear, Mike McCarthy, I saw this in the in the wildcard game because Kellen Moore calls all the plays. Kellen Moore calls all of them, right? Dan Quinn has all parts of that defense. Mike McCarthy's never done anything for the defense. Mike McCarthy has no history rooted in special teams. Okay, so it's mostly what he's, he's a West Coast offense guy. We all saw that when he was doing it with the Packers and how stale that went. I swear I saw this on like on the in the wildcard game against the Niners that McCarthy had a, his little play sheet, right? And he was like folding it. <laughs> and I swear like Kellen called a play and all I thought Mike was doing was like, what you calling? <laughs> and would look at the play sheet like, what's he calling? Okay. <laughs> like, not even doing anything else. Like, okay, we're going three wide on this one. Okay, we're going 12 personnel on that one. Just like, 
What are we doing? Like, what's that look like? <laughs> like, just, just tell me what you're doing. Just, just let me know. Not like, not like anything else. Not like check it through me. Not like, let me know what's going on. Just, just let me know so I can understand the play call. You know, it's like Mike McCarthy is sitting there with a the controller in his hand and he presses the ask Madden button and instead it's ask <laughs> Kellen and then Kellen calls to play. Like <laughs> I was just gonna I was just gonna say he's looking at he's looking at his paper like that wasn't all Madden. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what do you do? Just eat all the food? Like I, I'm, I Yeah. But I'm excited, man. Divisional round is is as I said at the beginning, I'll say it at the end always my favorite round um my favorite weekend considering that you know i mean it's been a long time mo since we've been a part of divisional round as raider fans uh very happy to see the niners here very much very very happy to see them here and um you know i love the matchup that they're going against but and we'll see i mean it's look anyone can go ahead and win and it's it's going to really shape what happens throughout the course of the season i may be in the minority in this um as a niner fan but and I'm going to enjoy the ride while, you know, while we're still in the playoffs and everything. But I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm just waiting for the season to be over so that we could get rid of Jimmy G. <laughs> That's I don't know how much of the minority you're. I mean, there's a part of Niner, Niner, not Niner Nation. There's only one nation, uh, but uh, <laughs> the one, Niner Empire. The, yeah. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Uh, uh, there's parts of them that I don't know if there still are, but I remember when you guys were against Kansas city and you were, you know, when you were at the top of, of the division and it was, everything was there. The defense was phenomenal. Yeah. And there was a lot of people that had Jimmy G as like the dude, like pegged him as the QB of the future. And I think I that bandwagon, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. You're, you're a smart football yeah. fan, nor would you be. You know what I mean. <laughs> so I think that I think that bandwagon has lost weight. Yeah, there's still some people steering it. It just is a little bit, you know, it's a lot less crowded than it used to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, Trey Lance getting an off season, and then a training camp, and then what I'm hoping is. Jimmy G gone and all just the keys handed over to Trey Lance yeah. for next season. But um, like I said, I'm gonna enjoy the ride while we're still while we're still while we're still driving. So yeah, it's a thing as fans, man, that we have to always remember because we can get lost in what we want to happen. Yeah. And we then because of that don't realize what is happening. Or maybe we lose yeah. sight of what is happening or we overlook what is happening. And, and you it's, soak it in. You just don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, so don't enjoy. You know, it can happen. Enjoy the now. Yep. Enjoy the present. Oh. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Again, thank you, Jordan, for joining us again and making an appearance on our show. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge, especially your knowledge. I always look forward to when you are coming on as a guest because like I feel like I learn more about football every time I, wow, every time I hear you speak. Like, <laughs> when people tell me that, I feel like my, my, my job here is done. That's all I yeah. hope to one day do. No bullshit, man. You, you've, you've forgotten more football than I've ever known. I, oh, I don't say that. Most respect. I mean, most my respect. wife will second the fact that I forget a lot of shit, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys both know a lot and that's why I love coming on and it's, you having you. Yeah, it's always good to to communicate and talk football. And, you know, it's 
you know, perspectives and why we all love the game the same way. And it's, it's, I just love talking it with, with people that love it, that know it, that appreciate it. And I enjoy it very much. Real quick, before we go, uh, Niners, uh, Niners and Raiders in Vegas. We out. Oh, we out. I'm there. We, we there. Me and Jay are there. E, you, you coming, bro? I, I gotta get confirmation from the wifey, but let's do it. <laughs> I already, I already, I already cleared. I already cleared it with my. As soon as that it. that week happened, I cleared it two weeks ago. We good. Yeah, I yeah. Same with me, Mo. Flowers and do a couple <laughs> things, but we in there. We in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that has to happen. Did Did Mo tell you everything with that E? No, I haven't. Nah. Not yet. So feel free to fill, fill them in. So there's a guy on uh, shout out to Felipe. Uh, he's my guy. Love him to death. Uh, even though he gets lost in the weeds with all this Raider stuff, but I love the dude to death. <laughs> with his car hate, he gets lost. But uh, yeah, no, Felipe is my homie. Uh, but anyway, he's start. He started this idea. He pitched the idea of us going to Vegas and going in on a suite. Ooh. And a bunch of people collectively together. He himself is going to put up five G's for this. Oh, okay. Right. And then the rest of everybody else comes up with the remaining 15. And we're looking at like, we can fill this suite with 25 people. I mean, yeah. You know, and I mean, that would just be the way to watch Hell the yeah. game. Like, and just to be uh, just around like cool people, everyone gets to actually meet in person. It would be an experience that would just. It would just pay for itself tenfold. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Like, like not even, you know. forget. I'll be telling my kids about this trip. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be telling my kids, too, and they'll be like, Dad, you know I don't like football. How many times I got to tell you I don't like football, you know? But if we could, uh, if we could find me a bubble suit, then I'm there for sure. 100%. <laughs> All the way up into you need a bubble suit come uh, September. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see what variants come out by then. Listen, I will take three fucking boosters. I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. go in an astronaut suit. How about that? Give me an astronaut suit and we're and we're good. So you're gonna come up in that suite like one small step for mankind <laughs> as I step into the Raider Stadium. <laughs> yep. And it's gonna be it's gonna be red and gold. <laughs> and I'm gonna need it to be super padded because I'm not no one get my ass beat. <laughs> no, no, you'll be good. You'll, uh, be, you'll be with the homies, bro. Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, and everyone that's looking to go, I mean, it's just it needs to happen. Like, I mean, I've yeah. You know, me and Mo have talked sports for so long, uh, you know, on the different social medias. You know, every time we get to link up for a pod, I enjoy it tremendously. And there's just other people on that SSAW page that have either, you know, we've been talking to Sports Debate Network or whatever it might be. And just everyone that so far is like looking to go is just like people you want to be around and enjoy like sure. football with. And it's just, you know, there's people from numerous different podcasts and different shows meeting up. You know, and it's just it's, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I feel like during COVID, we would have never even not never even thought of, but something we definitely missed, you know, those yeah. type of type of functions. And I get it. You know, you got to take your chances. But yeah, come that time, this is time to do it. I'm in the building. So, yeah, Mo, I'm, I am there. Uh, me and Asante, uh, Asante Wilson going to fly on down. He's he's out here in this area now. He's coming over for the games tomorrow. Uh Come on. 
He's another Niner fan, E. He's going to be at my house pacing back and forth in the kitchen <laughs> with like three beers just like this. So the middle <laughs> one don't fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, nah, it's, yeah, that has to happen. For sure. I'll keep y'all updated on my status, but <laughs> absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, again, that's all the time we have for today. Um, hit us up on our socials on Instagram at the Killer Crossover Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Emankoa at E M A N K O A and Mo. I'm on Twitter as well, your boy Mo87. And Mr. Jordan, drop your socials. At JR Sports Bars on Twitter as JRobAll22. Um, also, check out the Cover Zero podcast, uh, the Cover Zero podcast, presented by the SSAW Network, specialized sports analysis worldwide. And uh, I'm working on a piece for our website, uh, TSSAW.com. I hope I can get this piece out in the next week, but I'm also going to be appearing on another uh, podcast on the uh, Taproom Sports Podcast. Uh, with Jordan Alexander, Mo, you know who he is. Yeah, he's I mean, been on our show team. a few times. Oh, he's been on here as well with you guys. Yeah, no. he's been so, on yeah. the show. Yeah. Okay, so I'll be on his uh, for the uh, conference championship preview nice. uh, coming up next week. And on the website, I'm going to go ahead and I'm putting down my all pro list, basically like my best positions. And I'm it's taking me longer than it normally would because what I'm trying to do is have my favorite all 22 clip from that player and like a big paragraph on just what he does and what he did this year so that's why it's not out on time with the rest of this you know all pro list i'm just taking it that much steps deeper because anyone who's heard me on this show i don't short you with shit i gotta say so (laughs) (laughs) right on all right and we'll see you all or well (laughs) y'all will hear from us next time all right and we are out peace peace Peace.